I am Mike Kadlik, joined by Alex Barth from 98.5. Uh, our third show in three days, Alex. Uh, we're really hitting the ground running this week as the NFL season wraps up. Uh, we're here to preview Patriots vs. Bills coming up on Sunday. Uh, but first, I obviously wanted to get in, want to get into some news, and it's really the only news across the NFL right now, and it's uh, Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, who got an encouraging update today, it sounds like, from the uh, University of Cincinnati Hospital and the Bills. The Bills put out a statement on Hamlin uh, this morning saying that per the physicians caring for DeMar Hamlin at the University of Cincinnati, DeMar has shown remarkable recovery, remarkable improvement over the past 24 hours. While still critically ill, he has demonstrated that he appears to be neurologically intact. His lungs continue to heal and he's making steady progress. So that was great news. On top of that, uh, we got word from DeMar Hamlin's father saying that he has been communicating uh, with his family through writing. Uh, he still has the tube, but he's able to write and communicate with them. And uh, he actually even asked them if the Bills won the game on mo- on Monday, which I thought was, I, I don't know, this was me. I thought that was super cool, like the fact that he's well, just asking about that and like that's the first thing on his mind is like awesome. The other layer of the story I get, I haven't seen this as, I forget who tweeted this, but I guess Sean McDermott said today prior to Hamlin waking up, he spoke with Hamlin's dad who said, I bet one of the first things he's going to say when he wakes up yes. is who won the game. So like, right. Yeah. Uh, obviously great to see, you know, it sounds like he's still got a long road ahead of him as of we'd probably expect at this point. And, um, you know, we're all going to be pulling for him throughout that road, whether it be yep. weeks, months, years, but it sounds like to this point, they, you know, he's making as much progress as you could expect somebody to make given what happened. So, that's reason to celebrate for sure, uh, specifically the medical staffs. And, and we're, we've kind of learned now more some more about what happened during those nine minutes on the field and what right. happened immediately when he got back to the hospital and uh, the, the doctors and, and all the other medical personnel completely just uh, passed with flying colors. It, it's not not only is it not an easy situation, it's not a routine situation, right? This is right. not something they do often. It's maybe something they hadn't done at all yet. They all acted correctly and and saved his life. So, you know, tremendous, tremendous applause to them. And one other thing that that came out today in relation to all this was T. Higgins spoke for the first time. And he said that he's doing well and and he's spoken with his family, spoke with Tamar Hamlin's family. And, you know, he said it's certainly still on his mind, but he he feels like he's doing okay. And um, especially after what Bart Scott said the other day. Ridiculous. Get the hell out of here with that. Yeah. Um, you know, to know T Higgins is doing okay is I, I, I don't know why, obviously I'm, I'm so focused on DeMar Hamlin and all of that, but the T Higgins angle of it was something that just hit me. Uh, and oh, again, I can't you, yeah. exactly say why, but I certainly, I obviously felt a massive sense of relief when we heard that DeMar Hamlin was awake in communicating, but I, I, I got a pretty good feeling when I saw T Higgins say he was okay as well. So I was glad to see that today. Hundred percent, and the uh, the Bills spoke today, and Josh Allen said something along the lines of like, "Stop giving." I've, he said he saw some stuff on yeah. Twitter and on TV, and he was like, "Knock that shit off!" Basically, like that's this is not. It was a routine play. It was a freak thing that happened, and to stop giving T Higgins any crap. And I thought that was pretty cool too. I think he might have said he talked to T as well. So um, good to hear him speak again. Amazing progress from uh, Hamlin so far, and both Josh Allen and Sean McDermott did say that. Uh, they both feel ready to play on the Patriots on Sunday. So with that, it feels like this game is going to go on as scheduled Sunday at 1. So uh, that's sort of why we're here to preview it. Um, I think that uh, you know feels okay to do, obviously, considering you know where things are at. And uh, I think that, uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to play this game. So uh, let's get into it. There was, uh, as far as injuries go and like where this game goes with the Patriots, there were some injuries on both sides of the ball, both both injury reports are uh, pretty filled up, Alex. But the one thing that uh, struck me today with the Patriots was that Marcus Jones was back uh, after concussion. Who, the last time these two teams played, Jones was the leading receiver for the Patriots. They, that's when they busted out the Marcus Jones package on offense. Um, it works for maybe one or two plays, and then it it stuck in the ground just like the rest of the Patriots' offense has all season. But um, he was back at practice. It looks like he'll be able to help out their secondary and maybe even their offense this week. Yeah. And, you know, the Marcus Jones return, I think, is the biggest one just because of what he right. does on uh, 
on uh, for them in all three phases. Like they need, you're not going to beat the Bills nickel and diming, right? You need explosive right. plays, and he's one of their most explosive playmakers, not just on defense, but in all three phases of the game. So getting him back is big. Yeah, um, so he'll be back on offense. Uh, let's talk offense because the Patriots really kind of, I mean, they struggled the last time they played, and I don't think they've made much adjustments since then. I mean, they're 2-2 two and two since they last played, but that game was sort of like a slap-in-the-face moment for the Patriots offense. Remember that Thursday night, uh, the throwback yeah. uniforms? I think I tweeted it just how stupid the throwback uniforms look when you lose and get embarrassed like that. They're wicked cool when you win in them, but you, you kind of look kind of uh, – you look silly when you don't win. And, uh, yeah, the offense wasn't great. They scored only 10 points. The only real juice they had was, like I said, that Marcus Jones screen pass that they turned into a return. Um, Buffalo has a good defense. They have one of the better defenses in the NFL. They're obviously going to be riding high after the week they've had. I think they're going to show up to play. But what, what do you make of the Patriots' offense going into this week after what they've shown since the last time these two played? Well, I, I, I think you have to like some of what you saw last week, right? We talked yesterday about that drive they put together at the end of the game. Right. The interesting number for me, and I talked about this earlier today with Evan Lazar and Catch-22, the Patriots are actually second in the league in explosive plays, believe it or not, behind the Kansas City Chiefs. The problem, and that's plays of 20 plus company. The problem is they can't do anything besides that. And, you know... It, so yards per play this year, the Patriots are, and, and I'm not going to get the, the numbers sort of skew it. They're averaging 5.3, but the ranking tells really more than the number. They're middle of the league. They're 16th in yards per play this year, right? Which is oh. fine. But when you take out the explosive plays, and I know some people are going to roll their eyes and think I'm doing the Felgard mass thing. Oh, you can't just take away all their big plays. Of course, the yards per play goes down everybody's yards per play goes down. But the point right. is, it's when you're not getting those big plays, how sustainable is your offense, right? And and sure. yes, the when, when you do that number, right, yards per play minus 20-plus yards plays, the league leader, which also happens to be Kansas City, by the way, in yards per play on non-explosive plays, is averaging a full yards less per play than the last place team in total yards per play. So everybody's significantly down. We get that. Right. But again, the ranking, how much are you sustaining your offense when you're not finding explosive plays? The Patriots go from, I mean, it's like 16th, 17th, or tied, right? Down to 28th in yards yep. per play on non-explosive plays. Now, last week, they moved the ball a little bit in 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 between, right? They They had that sustained offense. They didn't need explosive plays to move the ball. They're going to need to do that again this week against the Bills because I say this all the time when they play these high-powered offenses. You got to shorten the game. You got to limit the number of drives that that the opponent has. You got to shrink that margin of error for the Bills because we know they turn the ball over a ton, and they right. can basically overcome that because they can strike so quickly. So, I think seeing uh, some of that more incremental improvement from the offense, and by incremental I mean like moving the ball incrementally, was encouraging. I think getting Damian Harris back helps with that. He gives you another option in the running game. Hunter Henry was a guy who was certainly involved last week. I think that helped. Kendrick Bourne didn't play a ton, but when he did, he was moving the ball in those areas. We can get into that, but mm-hmm. I think that's we the will. biggest thing for me when I look at this Patriots offense. They need to they they need the explosive plays to beat the Bills. They do. But it like the, the first game is a perfect example, right? They had the big play for Marcus Jones, and that was awesome. And they need plays like that. But that play in itself is not going to be enough. You are going to need to put together some methodic, uh, 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 methodical scoring drives. And that's what they didn't do in the first matchup, that they've done a little bit job, uh, a little bit better job of doing really since. They did it in the, in the Raiders game a little bit. They did have a couple drives in the Bengals game. I mean, the last drive should have been the glowing example, if not for the fumble. Right. And then the last drive there against the, the Dolphins, where they kind of put a full drive together. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL and bowl season to esports, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. For the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events, head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. 
Make sure you use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. I keep going back to that. I mean, I'll get into my next point in a second. But that that drive, you know, like we talked about last show, that last drive they had against Miami was just so like, where has this been all season long? That right. that type of drive that they've needed all year, and they finally showed it. So I guess that's a good sign. But going back to again the Buffalo game and where they were from a passing, you know, offense. Right, Jones was their leading receiver with fifty yards, and then everyone else was kind of just scattered underneath that. They they dinked and dunked, but they never got anything going. And I was just looking at you know the stat sheet from uh, the Buffalo game a few weeks ago, and Ramondre Stevenson led them in catches with six, and that was right at the end of that. Um, Remember that stretch of games where they were just feeding Ramondre Stevenson in the passing game out of the backfield? That stretch of like, games being the whole season. Well, yes, I know, I but know then what you're I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you're you're talking about point, like after after Thanksgiving, like Thanksgiving and correct. Yeah, yeah I'm from like I'm looking at it now from the Chicago game through from the Chicago game through the Buffalo game. He had eight, seven, three, six, nine, and six catches. And he was they he was rolling as a, as a pass came back. Since that game, he's only caught two two balls each game. He's had two 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 and two against Arizona, Vegas, Cincy, and Miami. So they sort hang of. On. Do you have his targets there? Yes. What are his targets in those games? Three, three, five, and four. Okay. So the targets are down a bit too because the targets in that stretch were eight, seven, seven, six, ten, eight. So. I mean, I just think it, it, it doesn't sort of feel like teams are sitting on it, right? The pass yeah. from Andre in the flat. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, again, still being able to – you can still design something for, for him, too, instead of just relying as a, at, relying on him as an outlet uh, because he ha- he was so good with the ball in his hands in space. Um, but, yeah, sure, they're sitting on it, but that's sort of hindering their offense here as well, right? So I just think right. they need to – continue to I mean you utilize him in the passing game but also spread it out to you know guys across their offense like a Kendrick Bourne who had his day against Cincinnati when they finally needed to pull out all the stops in the second half made the huge comeback obviously failed but it sounded like Bourne or it looked like Bourne was maybe out of the doghouse and then they put him right back in it again against against Miami so I feel like we've had this conversation every single week Alex but is there any way I mean we can't rely on them to pull out Bourne this week can we no, no. Week 18, I mean, it's like, what? They're not going to do it now. They're just going to wait till many, next season when a new guy comes in here, right? How it's, many times are you going to be, if he's still here? You he know, better be. Well, I mean, I wouldn't blame him, blame him if he requested No, of course. I'd be bummed. Well, me, like, yeah. I'd be bummed. Right. I, I think he's a great player, but yeah. he's got to take care of himself, right? And, and I, I wouldn't blame him if he thinks he needs to go somewhere else. Yeah, I, you know... We, how many times have we done this this year where they do something and it works and then, hey, well, will we see it again and we don't? The big one for me in this game, I think we talked a little bit about this yesterday when we did the Dolphins. I don't remember if I brought it up. I wrote about it in my column post game. Is on second and short this year, second and one, two, three, the Patriots have been very conservative. Very. Like how many times have they gotten into second and one? And then they go like quarterback sneak, don't get it, run yep. up the middle, don't get it. Like they're so focused on just getting that first down. And that's such that plays such a great opportunity to take a shot because the defense has to defend everything. If they want to sit back and take away that deep play, they're going to give you the first. If they're going to focus too much on taking away the first down because it is so short, you're going to beat them deep. And they were almost exclusively going for that to just pick up the first down to the point where I think teams started. The, the, the trend was so strong, teams started moving up on it. Right. And then in that game against Miami, they only had three second and shorts. It was, I think it was two second and twos and a second and three. But on two of those plays, the first two, they threw the ball down the field. Now, one was incomplete to Tyquan Thornton. And then I believe the other one was incomplete as well, the Kendrick Bourne. But they were both good chances. They were both good throws. They just didn't connect, didn't execute. The third one, they did a quarterback sneak. It was on that final drive. But... The plays were there to be made, right? And right. I talked before about, you know, if you're going to beat the Bills, that's the kind of thing you need to do is is can you can you get chunk plays on those second and shorts if you're given the opportunity? So that's the one I sit here and wonder about, are we going to see that again next week? It kind of looked like they were trending in the right direction last week. Will they do it again or are they just going to sit on it again? 
So can they take advantage? Not not take advantage, but can they can they get through this Buffalo defense? Because I mean, you look at you know the guys on this on this team. You have your Kyrie Elam and Tre'Davious White and Jordan Poyer's a beast. Matt Milano's a stud in the middle. Like they have guys on just about every level, just like we talk about every week. And the conversation has always been. I see it in the chat. I was actually talking about this with Evan Lazar today. Just how the conversation always seems to be. Can Belichick beat Josh Allen? And can you get over Josh Allen? But the Patriots haven't been able to get past this defense lately either. They've scored, in the last five meetings, they've scored 9, 14, 21, 17, and 10 against them. So, like, they've only put up over 20 once. And they struggle against this Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott defense. They have guys here now too. So, I mean, what's the plan of attack and can you get through them? I I say no right now. I don't think this is, this is, I don't think this is a good matchup for the Patriots. I'll just put it that way. So, a couple things. First off, the Bills' defense deserves more credit than they get. The Bills' defense has been better than the Bills' offense this year. And kind oh, of yeah. going back to last year, too. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to talk about Josh Allen. And this is this is where I get into that thing where people get, oh, he just hates Josh Allen. I don't. What you do. Just, yeah, you do. You no, hate Josh Allen. I just think people don't see the four. Everybody wants Josh Allen. Josh He's not like single-handedly people act like he's single-handedly dragging this like dumpster fire of a of a roster to the one seed. The Bills have a lot of really good players that I think don't get 100%. enough credit because Josh Allen is getting all the attention. It's especially <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. Sure. The Bills are they're all of their defensive rankings this year higher than their offensive rankings. So the defense is 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 not something to sleep on. Now that being said, the defense is very aggressive. So how do you beat an aggressive defense? It's kind of a fight fire with fire thing. The way you beat an aggressive defense is you have to out aggressive them and just just be aggressive back and execute higher. Now those are two things: being aggressive and executing at a high level. Right. The Patriots' offense is not done this year. Maybe with the playoffs on the line, it changes, but. That's how I see it is if the Bills defense is going to get aggressive and a lot of what they do, it's an analytics team is based on following trends. The Patriots in some ways are in a great spot because the trends point away trends point in the complete opposite direction of the things they probably need to do to beat the Bills. Now it's two questions. Will they do those things? Can they do those things? So far this year, the answer to those two questions has been no, right? But yes, I, I, I I hope they at least try it. I guess that's where I'm at. Let me ask. Even if they get super aggressive, I don't know if it's enough, but it's their best shot, and I hope they try it. I've been talking, and I want to give now Brian Hines from Pat's Public credit for this one and putting this into my brain. And this is sort of a hypothetical, but it might make sense given what's happened over the last few weeks with this team. And I want to see what you think about it. So. You have a guy like Marcus Jones, who is your gadget guy, and he's dealing with a concussion. And, you know, we've talked about load management already with him before. It's just not spreading him too thin yep. because he's going to get hurt, and he did. Um, he's going to be back, but they're going to want him on defense. You also have a guy like Lynn Bowden on your practice squad, who's a wide receiver, played quarterback at Kentucky. He's a weapon. He won practice player of the week last week. He was wearing the jersey uh, yesterday yep. uh, at practice. So, Well, he was – a guy who's. Uh... Playing Jalen Waddle on the scout team. Right. Yeah. So a guy who's making an impression. Yeah. Do they maybe, you know, we're in win in now mode. You need to win to get in the playoffs. Do they pull out a Lynn Bowden package this week? Is there something you think they're maybe working on to A, take rest off Marcus Jones and B, to still add another wrinkle? Because I think that makes a lot of sense given the momentum from Bowden and Marcus Jones's injury. Yes and no. I, I don't hate the concept overall. Mm hmm. The thing, like the one thing the Bills are going to do, right? If we're sitting here doing Bills beat, we're saying, do not let Marcus Jones beat you again. Right. If right. the Patriots want to execute their offense, they do it. They're offensive players. Do not get embarrassed by Marcus Jones again. And they're going to be keyed in on that. Yeah. Now, if you just put Lynn Bowden out there and you run that same orbit motion, all 22 eyes on the defensive side of the ball are going to go right there. Right, that's so, not normal. Whether it's Marcus Jones or whether it's Lynn Bowden, it's that's not a guy who we study tape on, so we know to pay attention to him. Right, or it's hey, th- last time they ran this motion on us. Right, yeah, the guy went too. right. So 
I think if they can, and this is another thing that, again, they haven't necessarily done a lot this year. If they can build off of those looks mm-hmm. with Lynn Bowden instead of Marcus Jones or put both on the field, like, like add the next Ooh. level to it. No, yeah. I'm serious. Like scary. No, I know, but they don't if you have do that. Yeah. I think the bills are going to be a little confused. Right. And when you confute the whole thing about an aggressive defense is everybody is, you're just sold on your assignment. You make your reads and then it's all right. I'm doing this and it's all I'm focused on. Right. If you do that, that's going to early on, it's, it's going to be a lot for the defense to comprehend. You kind of overload them mentally. If, if, if they can build on it, I think there is some potential in maybe that package giving them something offensively. What you can't do is just go out there and run Lynn Bowden on the same orbit mode, right. Lynn Bowden on the same orbit motion and try to run the exact same play you ran to Marcus Jones. Cause that's going to get picked sixth. Right. You know? Um, I, but again, I, I, I don't hate it overall as a concept. The other question is, can they call him up? I would think so. Cause the last couple of weeks, they've kind of been, been hamstrung with their call yeah, just based on injuries. Right. 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 Every, you know, Devon Gottschall is the only guy who missed practice today. I, if, you know, Parker gets cleared. You're probably good at wide out. It seems like, you know, Jalen Mills Jones, is trending in the right direction. Jones and Mills. Right. So that, that becomes the other question. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying like, Oh, they can't. Cause they, I like, I legitimately don't know. Right. Right. Um, that would be my other one, but I, they got to do something different. And, Calling up Lynn Bowden can be different. You just have to do different things with him, right? Right. Yeah, I like it. Uh, before we finish off the offense, let me talk about our friends at Rocket Money, Alex. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? You probably don't, as 80% of people have subscriptions that they completely forget about. Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when they actually spend closer to $200 or more. It can be an unused Amazon Prime account, a Hulu account, ESPN Plus. That never gets streamed, but they're all draining your bank account. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Not me, though, because there's this app I love using that takes care of it all. It's called Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for you whatever you still don't want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Rocketmoney.com slash patsbeat. Go to it. Check it out. Okay, back to the offense. Um, again, throwing wrinkles in, sure. But, you know, the other thing that we talk about it with injuries, especially in Week 18, winner take all, it's an important game. Don't know if it will be for Buffalo. We'll see how they, you know, figure out the schedule and things like that. But... Uh, Matt Milano, who's their best defender, in my opinion, he was limited today yeah. uh, with a knee injury. I mean, obviously, it's I guess it's a silly question to ask, how does that affect them? But, I mean, do you think if they're missing Matt Milano, whether it's just a precaution because they're waiting for the playoffs, do you think that gives the offense like that much of a boost, them missing their one guy in the middle, like a chance to be able to win this game and make, make a difference on offense? I mean, I feel like a broken record with this, but... Matt Milano is a guy whose biggest impact is covering tight ends. Patriots right. don't use their tight ends. Right. Fair. So like could be an impact. Certainly could be if the Patriots are going to, you know, if he's out and, and I don't, I don't know exactly who his backup would be in that situation. It's not something you can really go off the depth chart for. Right. Um, could, could the Patriots take advantage of the backup and throw the tight ends? Yeah, absolutely. It would make a ton of sense. Will they do it? We have to wait and see. It would it, make sense. It would make but too a lot much things, sense. Right, exactly. Like, I feel I, I, I feel like I'm taking cheap shots, and I really don't mean to be. But this is kind of what this season's been. What else they, can we do they, at this point? They've just gone very against the grain, would I think be the polite way to put it. They A lot of things seem obvious, and they don't do it, and I don't know if they're trying to catch the opponent off guard or if they're just really trying to play to their strengths, and they really just don't want to do certain things no matter what, but – this is just how the season's been. This seems to be the way that the 2022 Patriots operate uh, offensively. It's tough. It's sad. Like you said, I mean, you put it way too politely in saying they just go against the grain. Like they don't just go against the grain. It's like, they don't game plan. I talked about this last night when I was on the, I think it's the opposite. I think they're so married 
to what their big picture game plan is that they won't adjust off of it. But if they're going to, okay, sorry. I guess right. we're, we're, we're saying the same thing in different yeah, ways. Yeah. And they do, they do game plan. So I shouldn't say that, but they don't, it's like, they don't make adjustments that make sense. Like you said, they have Milano, a game plan and that's, and it. they don't stray. Yeah. They had you a saw game. That was their identity for so long to be able to scrap something and go. And I think I mentioned this game on the show off. before, like the, the Super Bowl against the Rams when they couldn't get anything going. And it was a, it was a, 13-3 game or whatever it was was the final. And McDaniels brought Brady and Belichick and Gronk and Burkhead, basically the four of them all together and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to run this all down the field, scrap everything else. We're going to run three different options off this, read the defense and go when they needed it most and they scored a touchdown off it. And it's like, when you make those adjustments, that's how you win football games. So if a guy like Matt Milano in your game plan for him all week is gone, work off of that. And it seems like that's something they haven't done this year. And it's, it's silly and it's why they need to change in the off season. Yeah. And, and I'm, it's, it, I used to sit up here. Like this was one of my favorite things to pick on other teams for with. I, I remember I, I, I picked on the bills for it in the wind game that yep. they had a game plan coming in. And despite the wind, it clearly wasn't working. They never adjusted all. And it's not, I, I, I mean, people are going to see that as me taking a shot at the bills. That's the most recent one I can remember, but I know I've, I've, I've called out the Niners for doing this. Cause they certainly do it. Um, well, that's just cause Jimmy G. No, this was uh, <laughs> Jimmy G probably was there. No, I've called out um, uh, the, the jets. I, I, I remember a game where the jets did it a while back. Um, even like the the like early early Patrick Mahomes Chiefs kind of had a habit of this, where and and that's it's kind of what young teams do, um, or just some really dumb teams keep doing it. But we're gonna do what we do. Period. We don't care what the defense looks like. We don't care what the conditions look like. Titans are another one. Uh, the pre Vrabel Titans. We don't care what the conditions look like. We don't care what the defense looks like. We don't care who's hurt on our side. We don't care who's hurt on their side. This is what we do, and we're going to run it. And those teams, unless they get ideal situations, generally struggle. And it kind of feels like that's what the Patriots are right now, is this is what we do, and we're going to run it. And the outside factors kind of aren't a factor. They have to be, because that's football. Football is all about outside factors. That's the beauty. That's one of the beauties of the game, is you will, no two games will ever be the same. There's always going to be some, whether it's an injury or the weather, or the location, or whatever it may be, even like the officials, right? There's always going to be something that's a little different that you have to account for. And if you're not adjusting to it, it and this is beyond the Patriots, this is a general point about football, whether you're an offensive coach, a defensive coach, a special teams coach, right? If you're not adjusting to the changes, you're not playing the game correctly. And it does, it does seem like the Patriots offense is kind of going down that road a little bit. It's awful, and again, uh, you you said it best right there. It's like they they don't they don't go off it, and it's it doesn't make sense. And again, it's why they need to they need a change in the offseason. Um, a- anything else on this offense and sort of what they can pick out on defense? Um, I feel like I had one other stat, but I honestly can't remember what it was. Uh, it'll be up tomorrow, ninety eight five. The sports. I was going to say read Alex on ninety eight five, and if you think of it, you can shout out. But let's talk the Patriots defense now going against this Bills offense because. It always is the storyline going in, and I know you don't like it, but it's Josh Allen. Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in football, and they score against the Patriots lately. I'm still looking at what I was talking about with how the Patriots don't score. The Bills do. They've scored 38-14 in the win game, 33-47-24 and 24 in their last five matchups. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's 32.3 points per game in the wins. So they can't stop Josh Allen. It's it's that simple. Um They've contained him, but they don't stop him. And Josh Allen, he's he's leading, not leading, but I think he's top five in interceptions thrown this season, but he also has over 4,000 yards and 32 touchdown passes. His security blanket, Stefan Diggs, who has over 100 catches, 1,300 yards, finds him in the end zone all day. Uh, Allen is dealing with an injury. He popped out in the injury report again today with an ankle and a right elbow injury. So yeah, I mean, he's been dealing with that since before the I was going to say, that's... Those two injuries, I believe, I know his elbow has been bothering him basically all season, but I think that the ankle's been there as well. Um, but he had come off and on the report, so something to note, I guess. But, man, with Gabe Davis there still, Isaiah McKenzie, I know the Patriots are getting healthy at defensive back, but 
is have you seen anything and is there any reason to believe that they're going to be able to cover these guys this time yeah honestly i think it's it's more they haven't been able to it goes back to my point about the the, the credit pie with the bills yeah I, they haven't been able to stop the Bills receivers. I don't even think it's a, like Josh Allen's made some plays, but how many times has he had Stephon Diggs wide open? Has he had Isaiah Sorry. McKenzie wide open? Right? It's not like it's JC not exactly Jackson like, used to get toasted by Stephon Diggs. Yeah, it's like, not exactly like Josh Allen is for sixty minutes throwing into these super tight windows against the Patriots, right? You know, and that's what I think it comes down to is they've got to come up with some plan. And the fact that they were competitive against Hill and Waddle last week gives me some hope. They, they they, just need – I've been saying this since 2019. You just have to force him to throw in a tight windows. And when they do things like put Miles Bryant on Isaiah McKenzie, you're just not doing that. When they're not giving help over the top on Stephon Diggs, you're not doing that. So they, they, they've got to force him to throw in a tight windows. And then, because it happened again last time, when he throws you one, catch it. Yep. Catch it. Like I – from the J.C. Jackson pick last year – was it Duggar? Who was it? Or was it Jonathan Jones in, in the first? I, well, I think it was year? Jonathan Jones who dropped one. Was it Jonathan Jones? Yeah. He's going to throw you at least one. That's what he does. He's going to throw you at least one. That's and, why he's and so good. It's because he takes chances. All of most of the Patriots wins this year are because they've capitalized defensively on the quarterback throwing him one. If, 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 if that opportunity comes and you miss it, it's a huge blow. It's a huge yep. blow because you're talking about a 14. If you can pick six him, that's a 14-point swing. So force him to throw. I, I, I think, again, I think it's more about the receivers. Force yep. him to throw in a tight windows, and then, you know, he's going to run on you outside of the red zone. Just let it happen. You know, when he's if he's not throwing the ball, fine. Because they the whistle, more what? Remember last time? Play to the freaking whistle. Oh, play, of they course, let, of course. They let play up to a the touchdown, whistle, yeah. uh, they, and I'm obviously, but they let up a touchdown on that because they did just let up in the in the, and that was a Josh Allen play where he kept going, and that's the goes the kind of place he makes. But everyone kind of stopped, and it's like you can't do that, especially against Josh Allen. I think just because he's so big, it's not just the Patriots. A lot of teams you see them just kind of go very easy on him. Yeah. Um, he's a big guy; they don't want to hit him. It's going to hurt. But that's how, what you have to do to win the game, right? So I, you know. I think just uh, you, you got to force him to throw in a tight windows. He's going to run the ball out like in the red zone. You got to pay more attention. And the Bills have not been good in the red zone. So when they get down there, you're going to have some opportunities. Again, I thought the Patriots had some opportunities last time. That play where where the whole defense stops and he is an open receiver. That was a third down, I believe. Right? Yeah, it was. That, that, yep, that it was, was a four. That was a four point play. Shut him down in the red. Like again, tight windows. Let him run around. Shut him down in the red zone. And then when he throws it to you. Catch it. Much easier said than done, but that kind of has to be sure. the mentality. I remember, like we talked about it the first time they played, and it's, it was exactly that, right? It was don't don't let Josh Allen, not don't let Josh Allen beat you, but like you said, when when he does make those silly throwback Josh, yeah. remember how bad Josh Allen was at the beginning of, of his career when he would take the chances, but it's like he didn't have the NFL head on his shoulders yet, and he would well, just no, chuck the ball up. Diggs. Well, that's true too, but. You take too much away from Josh Allen. You 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 don't give Josh Allen I just, enough credit. I, 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 I will say that. I just don't think it's a coincidence that his turn happened when they brought in Diggs. I just don't think that's a total coincidence. So you think that Stefan Diggs is what has turned him completely? Stefan Diggs is what's turned him into a top Not three quarterback. Completely, but in the I think NFL. he's a big part of it. I think he's a big part of it. I I, I think Diggs. I think Dayball helped him a lot. Like Josh Allen. Well, Dayball's covered- gone now. And he's still he, playing well. What he taught him is still there. And look at That's what Dayball's fair, done but... with Daniel Jones. I, I think Josh Allen is the perfect example of, right? We've talked about Mac Jones being like the perfect example of how not to support your quarterback, right? Sure. Josh Allen is the exact opposite of that, where they took this guy who had all the raw skill, and he, he's a great athlete. He's got a big arm, he's got all the raw skill, and they got him a great coach. They got him great receivers. They got him a great offensive line. It allowed him to maximize those skill sets. That's basically what I think Josh Allen is. I think people talk about it as the guy sort of just woke up one day and decided to be the best quarterback in the NFL on his own. And that's what bothers me because a lot of people put in a lot of hard work for the Bills offense to look the way it works, to look the way it looks. And I think Josh Allen gets 99% of the credit for that. Um, 
But that that that's. But I also think you're taking about. away the work that he. I think you're taking away the the work that he's put in as well. Because he's, he's, he's clearly taking the time. He put in the work. He's taking he, the teaching. Uh, he's clearly put in the work as well. So I, I think did, that, no, but I think there's people who view it, and I know there's people who view because I've seen people that if if Josh Allen had basically been drafted anywhere, could have been drafted the worst team in the league. In his third year, even if he had no receivers, no line, no coach, he would have been an MVP candidate. It was just waiting to happen. You see the way people talk about these quarterback prospects, right? And these guys just with all the, the physical tools and, oh, just give him a couple of years. He'll be fine. It's not. It's really not that simple. It's really not. Yes, Josh Allen put in a lot of hard work. A lot of people put in a lot of hard work for the Bills' sure. offense to look the way it does. It wasn't just snap the fingers and it was fixed. And I feel like that's the way a lot of people view it. And that's why I think a lot of the discourse around the Patriots is the way it is right now, because they think that there's some magic formula that the Patriots just draft the guy who's six, five with the best 40, right. That Mm -hmm. everything's going to be okay. And that's not necessarily the case. Most of those big physical freaks don't work out for every Josh Allen. And again, so some of this is credit to Allen. It's credit to everybody. For every Josh Allen, how many Jamarcus Russells or Ryan Mallets are there? That again are six five. The cannon are Ryan Mallets. Around. Ryan Mallets a little bit different. I wouldn't put them in the same category. Jamarcus Russell, sure, because they were you know top five picks. But Ryan Mallet, right. I mean, a big guy, I see big your arm, I see your mobile. Like so, I just EJ Manuel. Give me an EJ, EJ Manuel. Another then, one. Then we'll talk so the that's time. basically where I'm at with Allen. It's not necessarily to knock him. It's just. I think people think the transformation, it's more about the process, and it's more about sure. how people view the process in Buffalo than it is Josh Allen. I think people just view it as, again, this just happened overnight. Like, Josh Allen just woke up one morning, the Bills woke up, and we're going to dominate on offense. They added players. Guys sure. very much had, you know, internal improvement. Um, they had a great scheme that, again, truly maximized. You look at the, the game plan they had with Isaiah McKenzie against the Patriots last year. That is maximizing a player's skill set as much as you can. That was excellent. Great game It's plan. not just, hey, Josh Allen's really good and the Bills are the best offense in the NFL. There's a lot of people making a lot of really good decisions and putting in a lot of hard work so the Bills' offense can just look like that. I like The quarterback just being really good and everything else sort of being what it is, is what Aaron Rodgers is, is on the Packers right now. Like, that's what that looks like. Fair. Like, the Bills are something else, and it's very much not a snap of the fingers, hey, we're going to be this. Oh, well, you got to be, you got to be a team like the Bills, all right? That's so immensely difficult to do. Right, of course. And this yeah, goes back to a lot of work. People sure. think I'm criticizing the Bills. It's really actually a compliment. People yeah. just don't want to hear it. Because it's not Josh Allen is the greatest quarterback of all time. Anything but that is viewed as an insult, which is where I get annoyed with the Bills, which is where I can't stand it. It's actually a compliment, but unless you compliment them in exactly the right way, they don't want to hear it. Yeah, you got to work on that. You got to work on that. You got to figure out exactly how they want to hear it and why. Um, I I just, maybe I got to pucker up a little bit more. Maybe I'm kissing (laughs) the wrong cheek, but like, whatever it is. No, I mean, I'm not, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just think it's hard for you to give Josh Allen a compliment because of your Patriots bias. And that's okay. That's why we're on that whole thing. Not a compliment, but it's like, it's like a backhanded compliment. It's like Josh Allen's good, but he he didn't just wake up and decide to be the best quarterback in the world. But Nobody does. Tom Brady didn't do that. But the way people talk about him. Okay. It's really not. It's yes. I am insulting the people who pump him up. And I have no problem doing that. It's not Another about him. This is how people, you know, we used to always hear this about Brady. It's not Brady I hate, it's his fans. Like, maybe this is some of that, sure. Right. But it's just the way he's talked about drives me up a wall because there's a lot of really good football players on that team. Can we please, can we please give them their due? It's all it's I'm asking is if you like Josh Allen, great. That's fine. There's a lot to like. How about Stephon Diggs? He's really good too. Let's talk about him. How about Deion Dawkins? He's really good, too. Let's talk about him, right? Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, those guys, and I know they're hurt, but, like, those guys are really good. Let's talk about them. Nope, Josh Allen did it all. That's just all right, that, let's talk about the story of Buffalo Bills. All right, I'm Let's done. do it, then. Let's talk about Diggs. Let's talk about how they cover these guys, because you got Diggs, you got McKenzie, you got Gabe Davis. You have Jalen Mills back, you have Marcus Jones back. Uh, what's the game plan? What do you think? 
how how do we how do we scheme this up? Do you do you make Mills? Do you put Mills didn't play last time, um, and that's how Diggs beat them. So, do you say, well, let's try Mills this time and put him on Diggs and see what happens, or how do they go about it? I would start with Jonathan Jones with help over okay. the top. I just think that Mills he hasn't played. You didn't have a good couple. time last time. They didn't give him a ton of help, and I don't really know why that's they fair. did that. So first off, I think they're going to play more zone than they did because they've been playing zone a lot more the last few weeks. And you got to play zone against Allen because you got to be looking at him. Because he's because he's really good. He's going to run because he's going to run. Uh, right. <laughs> I would start Jonathan Jones help over the top. And and I just I just like the Mills and and Gabe Davis met like Jonathan Jones on Gabe Davis scares me a little bit because yeah. we've seen, Jonathan Jones is like I think he's had a great year, but his biggest issue has been those bigger physical wide receivers just out muscling him to the ball. And that's Gabe Davis's game. Gabe Davis is there. T Higgins. He's, you know, right. he's their big outside receiver that you're just going to throw the jump ball up to regardless of separation. Now you can't do that with Diggs, but I mean, that's Davis's game. So I would go Jonathan Jones with help on, on Diggs. Mm-hmm. I actually Mills might be able to handle Davis one-on-one. In zone concepts, yeah. like I, I, I te- you're gonna have to test something. It's not gonna be perfect. That's the test I'm willing to take. Because, and we did this last time. Josh Allen's passer rating is significantly lower when he's throwing to anybody that's not Stephon Diggs. So take that, and that's what the Patriots do. Take away what you do best, right? Make make a play left handed. Best corner with help over the top on Diggs. Take him away. Mills and Davis. See if you can make that work. And please, Marcus Jones on Isaiah McKenzie in the slot. Uh, yeah. Miles My- Bryant had a good game last week. He did. But he Isaiah McKenzie's too fast for him. We know it. We've seen it, right? We, we've seen it, right. And then on the back end, spin the freaking dial. That's what they've been doing the last couple of weeks. They've been starting one high going two, starting two high going one, rotating safeties over. You, this, it's the best thing they have going for them defensively right now is – the, the the collective football IQ in that secondary and how how well they can disguise their coverages and all the different coverages you can run. Make show Josh Allen everything. Throw the kitchen sink at him. Cover one, cover two, cover three, cover six. Yeah. You know, sink coverages, under coverages, over coverages, all of it. And like that's how Kyle Duggar's pick happened last week. Was they gave the Dolphins a bunch of looks and you could tell Teddy Bridgewater kind of thought he had one look. He had another and Kyle Duggar's able to sneak underneath and pick that ball off. Right Josh, Allen's, Josh Allen's much better, better than Teddy Bridgewater, Mike. So there you go. You happy now? I said that, but Proud of you. It, this, this is a lot for even high level quarterbacks. I mean, this is, and it, it, it takes time to install this. This, this is one of the hallmarks of a, the elite Bill Belichick defense, like the 2014 defense. This is what they started to get into at the end of the year, really starting to mix these coverages up, putting these quarterbacks in the blender. And that's going to be their best shot is do that. And again, like I said before, eventually Josh Allen's going to make a mistake in terms of accuracy or decision-making. It's what he does. He, he, it's the knock on his game and then capitalize on that. The last thing, and I'm with you on all that. So I, I don't have much pushback. Um, yeah. The only the only thing I thought of was as far as Isaiah McKenzie beating them the last time, putting John Jones on him because that's another fast guy. They're, that's their fast guy, like they do with Tyreek Hill. But yeah. then you also leave one of the big guys in Diggs and uh, and Davis up to like a Marcus Jones, and that's not a good idea. Look, either. Marcus so, Jones has looked good. If they're feeling right. really bold, it's not a terrible idea. But again, that's I, that's where my head went at first, but. You're daring them to throw to Stephon Diggs at that point. And and maybe right. Marcus Jones can hang with. Like he hung with Devontae Adams. Well, he did it with Adams. Devontae Adams. Exactly. And who saw that yeah. coming? Right. But if, if that's their game plan, they need to be able to adjust away with it real quick from it real yeah, quick. Yeah. So if that's you. not working, the Bills are going to go to that all night. Again, I don't know that I want to dare them. Like, hey, we've got a rookie on Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen's eyes are going to be this big. Yeah, right. right. No. I. I kind of want to see it now. Just me too. Marcus, I, how Marcus I, Jones looks, but like, yeah, like I, I would say, as much as there's a chance it works, there's more greater chance that the first play of the game is an 80 yard touchdown to Stephon Diggs, right? So, yeah, if it wasn't in and in, I would say do it and see what it looks like. But then Buffalo might not play their guys and yada yada. But if, right, this if, could all this was, could all mean nothing. Like the Chiefs could lose yeah. and 
Right. I mean, if they spin the dial on Case Keenum, they're going to win. You yeah, know? right. But um, but no, that's that's what it come to, came to mind as far as coverage. Uh, the other thing, quickly on the offense before we wrap up this part and head into our our lovely Boston sports and college football minutes and this thing, was just the way that uh, rookie running back James Cook kind of ate them up the last time they played. He had 14 carries for 64 yards. He also had six catches for 41 yards. Their running back by committee um, is sort of just like three guys in Cook, Singletary, and Hines who just all play pretty much the same way, uh, but they do a pretty good job. So do you, do you have any worry about how they cover the, the backs this time only because Cook diced them up last time? I just, like I said before, when you're playing the Bills, you got to give something up. Right. If Josh Allen's checking down, like yeah. I, don't leave them all alone, right? But right. you're going to have to give them something. I, I I think it's funny. The thing with Allen is – the, the the book on him and I already kind of touched on this is like the Bills they they want to be the Globetrotters they want these explosive plays and three play touchdown drives and and they can do it they can do it regularly enough that they can overcome the mistakes and win and it's a very mistake heavy like got to have a short memory offense but in the when teams take that away truly take it away which isn't easy to do. Mm-hmm. They're not always content with methodically marching the ball down the field and scoring. They can do it, not as easily. And sometimes you can just sort of see Josh, you sort of see Josh Allen get fed up and say, "You know what? I'm taking my deep shot. Whatever I want it, right? Right. For whatever reason, I don't know if it's a Bill Belichick thing. I don't know if it's Sean McDermott getting in his ear about the Patriots and the rivalry. He doesn't do that against the Patriots. He is more patient against the Patriots than he is any other team. And this goes back to the Bill Belichick can't stop Josh Allen thing because I think Josh Allen plays differently against the Patriots than he plays against everybody else. He's a much more patient quarterback. So, you know, I can sit here and say, well, eventually you frustrate him taking away the deep stuff and and, and he throws it anyway. But I don't know if he will. And if that's going to be the case, that's where those running backs become dangerous but I still don't think it's worth it to come up and take that away. Cause then you are giving him the deep shot he wants. And when you're giving the, the, the bills, the deep ball, you can't, you can't, they're they unbeatable. If you're going to give them right. the deep ball, that is the first and foremost thing you have to take away. So I think you have to live with the running backs being involved in a volume role, step up, tackle, don't give them, you know, yards after catch opportunities. And again, just when it gets to the red zone, and there's less room and you don't have to worry about that deep ball, step up, make the plays and and force them to execute in the red zone. I'm with you. And before we wrap up uh, this, was that nice enough to Josh Allen? I'm sorry. Was that nice enough to Josh Allen? That was great. That was, that was good. I'm I'm proud of you. You're really warming up. I think I've really gotten to you here. Uh, Let's talk about LinkedIn. LinkedIn.com slash beat is the place to go because these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes major for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people you want to talk to faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job, then add your listing in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. We are now in 2023, so now is the, per- the perfect time to hire the right candidate and start the year off strong. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com beat. That's linkedin.com beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Back to the bills. Yeah, that was good. I'm proud. You really seem like you actually think Josh Allen's a pretty good quarterback. So that's that's good stuff. No, uh, never say. Do you have anything? I know, I know. Do you have anything else on uh, on this defense well, no, not... and sort of what? No, sorry. Go ahead. Never mind. Go ahead. No, hit it, hit it. Come on, I want to hear it. I was, now I'm going to get called out for saying Josh Allen sucks. All I said was he didn't wake up one morning and decide to be the best quarterback in the league. He worked at it. That means he sucks. Anyway, well, that's... go ahead. No, that's on me. Then I'm just I'm just busting. Um, no, it's fine. It's fine. And, I, I, anything, come anything, I that's what happens when you take a shot at at a quarterback people like. Yeah, Sometimes especially Bills right. fans. Yeah. Your favorites, right? The Bills fans. Yeah. Um, anything else on this Pats defense and how they can try and stop this this Bills uh, this Bills wagon of an offense? I mean, we didn't really talk about that. 
Yeah, we didn't really talk yeah. about the pass rush. I mean, if it's same oh, thing, yeah, okay. saying, right? You know, yeah. just get after them and, and you know, he, again, they want to throw the ball down the field. That means the quarterback needs time in the pocket. And Josh Allen can certainly create his own time. There you go, Mike. Mark that up in the positive column. Um, but you know, <laughs> the I've said this before. If the Patriots are gonna get to the playoffs, the pass rush is gonna have to carry them. And here we are. They want to get right. in the playoffs. They probably have to win this game. And how do you win this game? Don't let Josh Allen get caught comfortable in the pocket. Don't give the Bills enough time to let these, you know, down the field plays develop. And that it's it's up to Matthew Judon and Josh Uche in that group. So it, there's really nothing more to it than that. Like it's right. There's no real X and O's breakdown you can do of it. We've seen them play in the past. We sort of know what it looks like. They just have to get there. We we kind of talked about it before, right? If play to the whistle, bring him down. You know, the yeah. play's not over until it's over with him. So that's, that that's going to be important in this game. It's that simple. Uh, the one thing I have to add just to the game as a whole, and as this is where we sort of get into a prediction and get away from it. Yeah. And we've talked about it before, how I'm, I'm the vibes guy and you're the, the X's and O's guy here. And I just think that what Buffalo and this bills team has dealt with this week with DeMar Hamlin, football guys are football guys and they're psychos in the best way possible. They're going to bring it this week, I think. And I think it's going to be a tough train to, for the Patriots to handle mixed in with the way they've struggled. And they're just sort of, the Patriots are sort of just rolling to the finish line where the, the bills have really something to play for this week. And what happened with DeMar Hamlin? I just think it's a bad matchup in Buffalo for them. And I don't think the Patriots do it. I just I don't think they're gonna win this game. I think and I hate to be the downer because they've gone two and two since and they're okay and they're getting here and they're just a few plays away from being like an eleven and six, ten and seven team. But it just doesn't feel like the right recipe for them to win this game this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm kinda of in the same boat. I just I, yeah. I think the Bills are gonna come out and play some inspired football this weekend, especially if they can get the bye totally. and know they can get next week off. Like I Exactly. It's a tough one. It's it, it's as tough a matchup as you can find. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that for Patriots Bills then. So we do have some college football and Boston sports minutes to talk to. Let's start with college first, Alex, because we now have a national championship coming up on Monday night because TCU beat Michigan, like you told me last weekend. TCU beats Michigan 51-45, and Georgia outlasts Ohio State. Uh, Was it a one one point game, two point game after a last uh, second field goal. Two point game, two point game. It was a two point game. So we have now TCU playing Georgia. I believe it's a thirteen point. Uh, Georgia's a thirteen point favorite. I'm gonna let you take this one because uh, clearly you're the college football guy after me. Me predicting TCU uh, getting stomped by Michigan and JJ McCarthy last week. So what do you say? How does this one go? And not just that, it happened just like I said, right? You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't this. I TCU did not play well at least not offensively in that game. Max Duggan did not have a great game throwing the football. Right. But I told you Michigan was due for, for a stinker. And that was certainly a stinker, especially. They still put up 45 though. I mean, they, they still, still they still up, made it they got, happen. They got it together late and, and Ronnie Bell, Their who defense we're going to talk a about a lot during yeah. the draft. I thought had a great game. Yeah. The refs didn't help too. I should throw people are getting mad at me if I don't throw that in there. It was not the best officiated game I've ever watched, but um, I, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, 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 I thought it was an interesting game. And now we know, by the way, what's going on with the Michigan program and Harbaugh might leave and there might be sanctions coming. So he's going to yeah. run away like a chicken. Um, clearly was a lot going yeah. on there for them to deal with Georgia. I, I was surprised how close that game was and shame on me for, uh-huh. I thought Georgia was going to blow doors. I underestimated Marvin Harris. I somehow underestimated Marvin Harrison jr. And I know I've said this to you off the air, Mike. I don't know if I said it on the air. I think you put Marvin Harrison Jr. in the NFL today. He's a top 15, maybe top 10 receiver in the league today. Like without, not, he will be eventually right now. And you saw how much that game changed when when he went out, when he got hurt, right? Ohio State just couldn't. They had, I think, one touchdown drive after that, but they they had a couple three and outs. They struggled to move the ball. Um, he was, he was the difference. And then Georgia ultimately held out and it made some plays and their defense, made some big plays. I love TCU. I love this team. It's been a really fun ride. Max Duggan's a ton of fun to watch, but I said on the show last week, if we're just going by talent and Georgia's the most talented team in the nation. And I don't think teams two through four were even in the playoff. 
So I got to ride with that. I think Georgia wins. I think Georgia wins comfortably. I don't know. It's a total blowout. We might get a little bit of a game, but I think maybe they pull away late. I think by the time it's all said and done, it's Georgia by say 14 to 20 points. What'd you say the spread was 13, 14 and a half, 14 and a half. Yeah, I think they're, it's probably about right. I was going to say somewhere like the 14 to 17, yeah. 14 to 20 point range. So, um, Again, I love the CCU team. They're fun, but the uh, Georgia's—they got especially on it's defense. They've got an NFL roster. Yeah, they're they're on another level. So I'm could taking Georgia. Georgia. Beat the, could Georgia beat the Texans? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I hate that. Half, conversation half of the so Texans much. are going to beat Georgia players. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, so but I, I I think Georgia wins it. I think Stetson Bennett is somehow going to end up a two-time national champion. He but, threw for almost. He threw for 400 yards against Ohio State. Yeah, I, he's got that dog in him. He's got the, the dog in him. Rank the quarterbacks in the playoff. Uh, he's four, Mike. He's Stroud. four. Stroud. No, I think he's better than JJ McCarthy. Oh yeah, why did I forget about JJ? Yeah, he's better than JJ McCarthy. That's yeah, fair. he's I better than JJ. I, I was thinking Bryce Young. I I have no idea why. But no, okay. Yes. Okay. So, no, I will I, take him. I will take him over JJ McCarthy. It's close. Okay. Thank it's, you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Bryce yeah. Young. I or not Bryce Young wasn't in it. It's, <laughs> CJ it's, Stroud. C, it's DJ Stroud. Max Duggan's probably about here, mm-hmm. and then we come down here, and it's like Stetson it, Bennett, Stetson Bennett, and then JJ yeah. McCarthy's here. So, um, hey, but you know what? He's going to two national champions, and you know what? As much as I rag on the Jimmy Garoppolo winner thing a lot, I think in college mm-hmm. football there really is something to be said for that. I, I think it's more sure. of a college football concept, and. Yeah, Stetson Bennett is a guy that, you know, his teammates clearly rally around him. They clearly like him. He's a good leader, all of that. So, ton of credit to him. Um, you know, he's he's going to get them there, I think, for the second time. But yeah. TCU winning wouldn't be the most surprising thing I've ever seen. It would be fun because Max Duggan's a gamer. And so, I think that they're going to at least keep this close. I Has there been an update on Kendra Miller? You know, the next day we got into the Patriots and, and I really didn't get to see. Right, he's questionable. They need Kendra Miller to have a chance. If Kendra Miller doesn't play, it could be it could be ugly because you got to yeah. be able to run the ball and control the clock against Georgia. Um, but if Kendra Miller plays, it maybe that's the difference between like the fourteen point game and the twenty point game is Kendra Miller. We'll see what happens. I think, like I said, Duggan's a baller. I think they can keep it close, just like they did against Michigan. I mean, again, you didn't think they were going to put up fifty one on Michigan. At least I didn't. You might have, but. Again, if they can put up that on Michigan, I know Georgia's a different beast, but I think they'll keep it close. I'd say TCU covers 14.5, but Georgia wins. Now for the fun one, Alex. Boston sports. We have some... I don't want to call it... It's not apologizing, because... Is the background changed? There we go. Um, The Boston Red Sox made a major, 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 major move yesterday as they signed third baseman Rafael Devers to an 11-year, $331 million contract extension, keeping him a Boston Red Sox, through 2033. Something that we did not see coming on this show. Something that after they let Xander Bogarts walk all the way across the country to San Diego, it was, well, this team is not going to do anything and they're just going to break our hearts again. But they did it. So I want your reaction because you've yelled about this team on here a lot. I've agreed with you, but they proved us wrong. What do you think? Credit to the fans for bullying them into it. I really don't think they make that move if the outcry after the Bogarts move and, 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 and really going back to bets wasn't what it was. I think John Henry, and, and you know, he's hearing it at the winter classic. I think he really understood what he was risking in terms of the fans letting Devers go. So I guess credit to them for signing him. I really think the fans made a difference here. I really I think they it. did. I think so too. And, and shout out to the fans for taking care of their team. You know, I, I'm glad to see Devers back. Man, if they just brought back Bogarts, this would be like a home run of an offseason, right? You get a leadoff hitter, you built up the bullpen. They still need some starting pitching, but we'll see. Maybe they make a trade. You know, there's some talks. I forget the guy's name. There's a pitcher in Miami. Some people think they could land, but you know what? They've got Devers for 11 years now. That is a guy you can build around, and they're, they're keeping a cornerstone player here. Devers is going to be a true franchise cornerstone, face of the franchise kind of guy. He's going to be, should be here till he's 37. Homegrown player, like I was saying this all the time. Who was the last guy, right? Who was the last guy we said about? It was Dustin Petroy. I was like ten years ago now. Right. They made David Ortiz go year to year. 
it's it, it's just nice that they're nice that there's somebody on this team that we as fans can rally around. But now go get some pitching. The lineup might be okay. Right. I, I the lineup I think is fine. I don't know that it's better than last year. It might be comparable, but they were actually like yeah. an okay offensive. I think they were top ten in the league in scoring last year. So the the lineup wasn't the problem, right? Right. They still need a pitch. They they still need pitching, and uh, you know maybe now they've got some third baseman prospect. You know they've drafted all these shortstops, right? Who are basically just infielders. I'm not saying you trade Marcelo Mayer, but maybe one of these other guys. Now you now that you've third base like locked that. down. That's one spot. Yeah trade you go get get some starting pitching i think their bullpen is it could be better but they need starters just go get starters and um go from there but it does feel like this team is built like the bills no i'm kidding um but it does feel like it does sort of feel like this this team's velocity right now is to win like 11 to 8 12 to 6 you know 14 to 10 like these sorts of games and you can do that it's it's not impossible but you people got to stay healthy and all of that. So we'll see. It's going to, at least now it's going to be an interesting season. You know, if Devers didn't come back, there was no season. Right. I'm not sitting here telling you them re-signing Devers means they're, they're going to win the title. They, they've still dug themselves a very deep hole, but you know, now, okay. Cassis comes up. That'll be interesting. They have some other prospects that might, might make their way up. Brian Bayo should be in the rotation to start. I can invest in this team now, at least to start. Right. I'm with you. And, you know, my whole thing with this Red Sox, and this is perfectly and it's selfish, but I was not, I was done with this team if they let Devers go. And I, I, those of you who don't know, I work at BU uh, full time and I work right near Fenway Park. And one of my favorite things to do in the summer is call up my friends, call up my girlfriend and say, hey, come meet me in town. Let's go to the Red Sox game. I wasn't going to be able to do that anymore if they got rid of Devers, but they did it. They got him back. And it's like, like you said, I think the fans did it. And I think, like you like you said, Henry kind of realized, like, okay, this is something we have to do. We have to put our money here, and it's going to probably be worth it. I just hope that they don't now cheap out on everything else because of it. So we'll see what happens with that down the road. But you have Devers locked up, and that's what you had to do for the Red Sox. So ultimately, it worked out. Um, Winter Classic happened, too. Bruins won the Winter Classic. Jake DeBrus was a beast, and then he fractured his, fractured his tibia, uh, fibula. So... Yeah, some good and bad. But did you go to the game? You I didn't go. I, I, I got to get to one of those eventually. It is more of yeah. a TV event, though. Totally. Um, you know, it sucks. DeBrusque was playing probably the best hockey of his career, right? I don't. I, yep. I don't think I'm. I'm wrong to say that. But, um, I. Uh, sorry, somebody. I, I saw a Buster only tweet. I thought it was breaking news. It's not. It's just him being dumb. Okay. Um. Okay. You know, DeBrusque was playing great hockey, and and it hurts to lose them. But when your plan B is – who is it? They moved Charlie Coyle into the top six, and your your plan B, again, is putting David Posternock with with Marshawn and Bergeron. And by the way, Posternock's the next guy that needs to get the deal now. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. You can't be too upset. Not I don't want to say not upset because it sucks DeBrusque got hurt, but you can't be too panicked. I guess right. would be the term. They're a deep There's team. Also, They're deep. They have yeah, depth now. Ty Anderson had this earlier today that the recovery window for DeBrusque, I guess, is four weeks, which normally the go-to for a broken bone is like six weeks minimum. Yeah. So, look, he scored two freaking goals on it, on right. the broken leg. He went full Greg Jennings, which was awesome. <laughs> He's back in four weeks. Like, what a warrior. But, yeah. you know, he'll be back by the spring. It sounds like he'll be good. Hopefully he can kind of pick up where he left off and – and uh, yeah, I, I, they'll be okay without him. I'm, I, I don't think it changes the big picture implications of the right. season, you know, too much. Right. Get them healthy for the stretch run because this team looks poised to win a cup right now. Yep. So that's kind of what they seem to be at. Um, yep. All right. That's Boston sports. No, no, no. We got one more. Hey, we got one more. What do you, what do you got? Uh, did you see the NBA all-star voting today? Oh, I did. Yes. Um, Jason Tatum, not a starter. Jason Tatum, not a Weird. starter so far. Favorite in the East for the MVP, but fourth among yeah. forwards. You Who is know it? what? Embiid, um, is Embiid, Durant, Durant, and Giannis were ahead of him. Oh, okay. That makes Which, sense. On one hand, I look, guess they, it makes sense. It should be two guards, two forwards, and a center, not two guards right. and three forwards. I understand why they do it the way they do, but honestly, this could be 
one like this is I think is great for this team because this team loves being an underdog. This team, like this core going back a couple years, has always embraced being an underdog. And right. I don't want to say they were getting complacent. They played a couple of rough games. And we know we know they care about this stuff. The all-star, the all NBA, the 2K ratings, right. Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart, they're all super into it. Let, let me see Jason Tatum. He's and he's played great against all of the like MVP candidates they've gone against. It's been a thing this year yeah. that when he's head to head with an MVP candidate, he plays a great game. They've got Luca tonight. The only person Vegas has ahead of him in the MVP odds. And he was just, he just saw that the fans don't think he's worth starting the all-star game. I want to see how Jason Tatum responds to this. Cause I think it's going to be awesome. I think right. he's going to have a monster. And and the same can be said to Jalen Brown uh, to an extent. So I don't know that he should be starting, but he thinks he, he should be. It. He should be up there. Yeah, I'm with right. you. He thinks and he should be starting, and he's going to get pissed, and he's going to take it personally. So a little bit of edge for this team. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. It. Well, yeah. the, as far as the MVP race goes, too, like Tatum was the favorite for the first whatever, however many weeks of the season when they were just rolling. Yeah. And that race has gotten insane lately. Giannis has put up 50-point games. Luca had that 60, 20, 10 game. So like there's been more there's, 50 point games in the last 10 days than any 10 day stretch in NBA history. There you go. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's the, the MVP race is rolling and Tatum's falling out of it. So now once, like you said, they use these types of things as motivation in the NBA. A lot of times it's too, because they're all-star doesn't the all or is it all pro that has to do with their contract? Is it all star all star or all pro or all NBA? Both. I think there's both. Okay. All yeah, NBA so is it, worth more money, but I think that there's all star okay. bonus. I believe there's all star bonuses as well. Yeah, so I mean that this is the stuff that motivates these guys. So if that can get them rolling again, then let let's make it happen. So uh, Celtics, yeah, they're playing the maps right now. I think I just looked and it was seven to seven. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Boston can get a get a dub in Dallas tonight. That'll do it for us on here on Patriots beat. Um, Patriots likely to play against the Bills at Highmark Stadium. Uh, at 1 p.m. on Sunday, um, playing a really Bills team who has a lot to fight for, a lot to play for. So should be a good matchup. Patriots playing in a win-and-in situation. So if they win, they do make the playoffs. Um, we'll be back next week to break this down. Uh, this was our last game preview of the season. So things will switch up a little bit here on Patriots Beat moving forward throughout the spring. Uh, we'll get into some draft stuff, Patriots offseason. But we'll keep you guys all posted on that, um, on our Twitters, on our uh, YouTube, etc. So... Thanks for watching all season long. We'll be back next week to break down Patriots first bills. Uh, until then, you can read Alex's stuff on 985thesportsup.com. Follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth. Same goes for me at CLNSmedia.com. Uh, I posted a game preview today for Bills Patriots, so you can check that out. Check out my Twitter where I post all my content, at Mike Cadlick. And again, until next week, we will see you all 